Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here and joining the show for, I don't know, second, third, fourth time from Cheesehead TV. What do you what do you like? Do you like Packers analyst, per, <laughs> professional analyzer of the Packer football, oh, Aaron Nagler? What, what do you what do you like to go by for Cheesehead TV? Co-founder is just fine. That, that covers everything. Um, and drinker of beer that those I mean, <laughs> those two things you got it covered. Knower of all Green Bay Packer football. Uh, I wish. Well, anyway, I, hardly. But I, uh, yeah. I enjoy following Cheesehead TV and following your work, Aaron, because uh, you give yeah, great perspective on what's going on with the Green Bay Packers. And what's been really entertaining for me to watch from afar through social media and and your site is the journey of love. We should call it <laughs> because. Right. At the beginning of the year, I was chuckling to myself over here in Minnesota and saying, look, look, they don't have an Aaron Rodgers. Look at them. Look at them react to it. Uh, They actually have to follow the ups and downs of a different quarterback. Uh, But as of late, save for a game against the Giants, Jordan Love has come along. And I'm going to throw a stat at you, and I want you to react to it. Mm -hmm. Jordan Love, this is what really shocked me. And PFF, turnover-worthy plays, is 11th in the least turnover-worthy plays, which I did not expect going into this year that he has not turned the ball over and been reckless with the football. So tell me about your journey of love and what (laughs) you make of the fact that a guy who maybe it looked like he had that tendency has not been a turnover machine. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, you look at the work earlier in the season, especially that stretch in October where they lost four in a row. Big part of that was turning the ball over at very inopportune times, deep in your own end, he's really, really cut a lot of that out. Um, There's still a a moment or two where he'll put the ball in jeopardy, but more often than not, he's throwing to someone he trusts. And it's clear that's another big component here is the work that the young receivers and tight ends have done as far as knowing what the hell they're supposed to be doing from play to play, which certainly wasn't the case earlier this season. I mean, we've got shots of Matt LaFleur ripping into guys on the sideline, uh, Luke Musgrave in a nationally televised game basically gets undressed because he ran literally ran the wrong route. You know, I, that has all disappeared. I mean, there are guys who now they get it. They know what their not only what their route is, but their adjustments to coverage and things of that nature. They're on the same page with Jordan Love. And yeah, Jordan has 
greatly reduced. I mean, I think maybe every game there's one throw where you can look at and say, okay, that's probably something you want to try to avoid. But for the most part, he has been on time. He has been in rhythm. He knows where he wants to go with the ball, given what's presented at the line of scrimmage, in a way that, yeah, wasn't happening earlier in the season. You talk about quick development. I expected him to improve throughout the season. We've heard general manager Brian Gutekunst talk a lot about, oh, he just needs to play, right? He's at that point, having sat for three years, there's not much more he can learn other than getting on the football field, strapping it up, and playing down after down for a full season, which is, you know, I expected, again, I expected some hiccups. I expected rough stretches. I did not expect him to improve as quickly as he has, especially in this regard, because, as you know, I mean, turnovers win and lose ball games. Winning the turnover battle is how Aaron Rodgers and his teams won so many games when he was the quarterback in Green Bay. The fact that Jordan has improved in that area alone, let alone all the others, uh, it's striking. And I think it's gone a long way to answering the question, like, is this the guy going forward? At this point, there's two games left and two really challenging defenses to face yet. But I think at this point, Green Bay has pretty much decided they found their guy. So how have you managed the roller coaster of learning about a quarterback? Um, mm-hmm. Because it's been a very long time. I'm not saying that you haven't been through it before oh, with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. A long time ago, but, uh, but yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, uh, a little less gray in the beard, I'm guessing, when uh, you were going through that. Uh, but just because you uh, at, you know, talk with the fans all the time, like the, the fan base and how they have dealt with this, because every year with Aaron Rodgers, you just went into the season assuming that you should win between 11 and 14 games least, and have some right. of the greatest right greatest quarterback play on earth and then it was about everything else you were talking about injuries left guards defenses which we'll <laughs> right. get to uh but i but i'm i'm so curious about this because finding out about a new quarterback can either be really fun or really frustrating well it's the media landscape we're in now is a very different proposition than when Aaron came on board, right, in 2008. Although it was fun going back and digging up. Remember, Twitter launched in 2008, and there, there have been, there have been some stray tweets out there condemning Aaron Rodgers. He's not Brett Favre. He's never going to be anything, blah, blah, blah. It's been fascinating to juxtapose those with some of the reactions to Jordan Love. And look, every kind of throw becomes a referendum in this social media age, right? What I try to tell fans is to step back, take the 30,000 foot view, try to look at it through the lens of how the Packers are probably viewing it. Like, let's look at the whole body of work. And at the end of the season, let's see what we've got, you know, but this day and age, it's every interception is catastrophic. Every decision that isn't a touchdown pass essentially turns into, well, what went wrong rather than, well, what did you see? Like, how was he learning from that? And it, it, it's fun to watch Jordan kind of grow on the job, right? Which he certainly has. Um, There's a lot of comparison to Aaron Rodgers just because that's who he's replacing. But to me, it's kind of fascinating to watch. You do see some of the similarities as far as like the mannerisms, the stuff at the line of scrimmage. You can definitely tell, oh, he's learned that from Aaron. Like that, he watched Aaron for three years. That makes a ton of sense. But as far as his sensibility and how he plays the position, I really see a lot more of Brett Favre than I do Aaron Rodgers. I mean, much more of a gunslinger, much more of a guy who's not afraid to trust his arm and put the ball in a place where he thinks, yeah, my my guy's going to go make a play, right? Much like Brett did. And I think earlier this year, you saw it getting him him into some trouble at times. And 
I do think it's been kind of amazing how he's been able to harness that. And look, you got to give a lot of credit to Matt LaFleur and Tom Clements, the guys who are coaching him up each and every day. And, you know, looking at the film and trying to decide game plan wise, okay, what are his strengths? What should we be trying to lean into a little bit more? I think they've done a good job in that regard. But Jordan's the one on the field making it happen, right? And I do think those tendencies are still there, but he's just really smart about it in a way that I didn't expect to happen until at least like next season. But he's really kind of reined it in, and he's still off on a few throws. You know, you mentioned the Giants game. He came out pretty poor in that game. But what was so encouraging is that unlike earlier in the season when that was kind of just the norm throughout the game, you saw him rally in the second half. He really turned it on and got hot and led them to what should have been a game-winning touchdown, much like Aaron Rodgers his first year. You know, I just the, – the growth and the speed of the growth has been – I'm not going to say shocking, but it's been a surprise, no doubt. Let me throw another stat at you. Uh, Jordan Love, when using play action, his completion percentage goes up by 11%. I know I'm not shocking you with these numbers, but uh, I I have been most impressed because I've tried to watch as much as I can of the Packers and, and Jordan Love. And early in the season versus now, it looks like they're running a lot of different stuff offensively that has worked for him. Uh, Play actions and screens help all quarterbacks. They're not necessarily an easy button, as we see from the Vikings, who have no idea how to run a screen. Um, But if you do know how to run them, they really help you uh, quite a bit. And that I'm curious about that relationship, too, and how you've watched it grow with LaFleur and Jordan Love, because I'm sure Matt LaFleur came into the season thinking, I'm just going to have him run my whole offense and do everything Mm. I want him to do. And then you have to pare it down to what works for him. But I I think this has been, it has been development of Jordan love being much safer with the football, being, you know, trusting his receivers. They've grown with him, but I also think that this is a really excellent coaching job. And unsurprisingly, I saw people earlier this year saying it's time to fire Matt LaFleur. Oh, and move yeah. on. Well, that's still <laughs> happening, but because he won't fire his defensive coordinator. But yes, well, there's a lot we'll of that. Get to that. Right. We'll get to that. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, that's the thing, right? When people start talking about it's time to fire Matt LaFleur, I'm like, have you watched this season unfold at all? I mean, the work they are doing on offense. In the last six weeks, they have, I think, a top five offense. I mean, it depends on what metric you're going to look at. But they are playing lights out ball on offense at just the right time, just when you want to be peaking. And they're doing it. I mean, this last game against Carolina, they're without Christian Watson. They're without Jaden Reed. They're without Luke Musgrave. They lose Dontavian Wicks at halftime, and they're still putting up 33 points. You know, it's like that doesn't just happen. That's because you have a a game planner and a play caller and a quarterback who are in rhythm and in sync and know exactly what they want to do to attack defenses. And I do think Matt's done a really good job of not spoon-feeding Jordan Love. You'd mentioned the play action and things of that nature, but I think when you looked at it earlier this season, when they were on that four-game losing streak, it was so frustrating. They went on that stretch. It was just, I've never seen anything like it, where they couldn't score in the first half of games. I mean, they could barely pick up first downs, let alone score points. I've never seen an offense that frustrated, but it, it, it speaks to Matt and his long-term view and what he wanted to accomplish. He never really dumbed it down. He never kind of said, okay, we're going to button it up. We're just going to run the ball. We'll maybe work off play action. He kept it like he kept the main thing, the main thing. And he's like, no, Jordan's going to run the offense. Like he's got to, because if he can't, we've got to learn that. And we've got to know that that's, this is probably not the guy for us, but Matt stuck with it. He has kept it pretty much his offense, right? 
he has tailored it a bit, and there's certainly stuff where he's trying to help this quarterback, and I don't think that's unlike anything that happens in pretty much any NFL city. But, man, he has, like I said, he has not dumbed it down. And Jordan has risen to the occasion and improved and gotten a lot better. But uh, that's the point that I keep trying to make when people start talking about LaFleur's job security. It's like, look, he has to hire a new defensive coordinator. There's zero doubt about that. But you cannot look at this season and the growth of your what's probably going to be your long-term guy, a quarterback, for the next X number of years and tell me that Matt shouldn't be sticking around to help him continue to develop because he's done a phenomenal job in that regard so far. Yeah, I mean, when I talk about play actions and screens, if they're working, it's a huge compliment to the coaches. And I find it funny. You talk about like Internet things and whatever, when it's a criticism, if the quarterback and coach are on the same page and the coach is helping the quarterback like, oh, Brock Purdy, he's just got a coach who's doing stuff for him. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, what 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 would you prefer? Joe Montana didn't with with Bill Walsh. You know, it's like that's the symbiont (laughs) nature of the game. Like you want that. That's what you should strive for. Not criticize. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I was uh, getting uh, a little frustrated with the Brock Purdy dialogue and the whatever else. And it was like, I'd, I'd like people to name me all the MVPs who had no good receivers or no good coaches no good or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. They're they're just everywhere throughout history. Uh, <laughs> right. That's that, that that's a totally different rant, though. But the, the last thing about just Jordan Love specifically is sort of the, the long term here now. This is the answer. Like, I I think that he's played well enough to say definitively that this is not a Daniel Jones that they, you know, sort of just beefed up his numbers for a single year and beefed up. I mean, Jones threw like 12 touchdowns or something, but like he has played true, complete quarterback and now they have an opportunity to build. But the contract situation is a little weird, like the way that they reworked his contract so uh, kind of explain that because that's something that obviously with Kirk Cousins the Vikings went through where it's harder to build your roster around an expensive quarterback not impossible but how expensive is Jordan Love going to be when there's only this one year sample size that's the thing it's going to be sticker shock whenever it gets done I know there's going to be lots of arguments on the internet about it there's zero doubt about that but I do think yeah I I you look at Daniel Jones, uh, I know uh, the Geno Smith contract has been mentioned, though I think he's kind of blown that out of the water at this point. I do think, yeah, they're going to commit to him long-term, and that probably does mean $45 million a year. You know, at least, that's probably like, And that is probably like the, the floor, right? I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan's people ask for the moon, and maybe they meet somewhere in the middle. Um, but it is kind of a, you know, it is a very unique situation because of the fact that Jordan – you know, they he did sit for three years under this new CBA. That has never happened. I mean, when Aaron sat for three years, this idea, the fifth-year option didn't exist, right? And so when the Packers faced the question of should we, you know, put the fifth-year option on him, they extended his deal by a year. They didn't utilize the fifth-year option. But there is language in the CBA now where once you've made that negotiation and you have a new contract, you cannot increase their salary or you can't basically touch the deal for another full year. Um, so the Packers are locked in with Jordan Love until May. I think it's second or fourth around there. They can't talk to him about a deal until then. Um, but I suspect those talks will occur once May rolls around. And I get the idea, and I've seen a lot of kind of hand-wringing from certain sections of the fan base, some people in the media talking about, oh, they should wait and they should go into his lame duck year because he's got one more year on his deal, right? I'm thinking this is just me. This is how I operate. This is how I view it. It's like you've – 
gone through three years of sitting this dude. You've invested this much time trying to like build him and develop him, and now you've got a year under your belt of watching, yep, he can operate the offense. He's improved all season long. He's certainly better than the Daniel Joneses of the world and these guys who maybe are giving people pause when they look at teams who have committed money and then the next year or years down the line, these guys probably aren't as good, whatever. Man, with Jordan Love, I think because of the fact that he sat for three years and then he did get on the field and steadily improved throughout the season. And it's also, it's not like he's just putting up numbers, right? He's not just, okay, he's thrown some touchdowns and made a few nice plays. He is playing at a very high level. No matter what metric you want to look at, if you want to turn on the tape, he is playing the position. You mentioned playing the position. And it's not just making throws. It's reading defenses. It's setting protections. It's calling audibles. Everything at the line of scrimmage that you want him to do, he is doing at, again, a very high level. Now, I'm fascinated to see what happens this week in Minnesota and against the Bears in the final week of the season because those two defenses are really tough. I mean, Minnesota got after Jordan pretty damn well that first time around, though a number of drops didn't help his cause. But those are kind of like, you know, really good tests here at the end of the year where, okay, you're playing at a high level, but can you continue in a really hostile environment against a very good defense? I mean, there's still some boxes to check here, I think. But again, get to the end of the year, you look at the total and sum of the work, I suspect the Packers will want to have those talks. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk about prize picks this year. But if you've missed it, here's how it works. You go to prizepicks.com, and it is simple. You pick either more or less between two and six players' stat projections, and that's it. Now you're playing. So if it's X number of yards for a quarterback, you just decide, are they going to throw for more or less than that number of yards? But it works with lots of different options, receiving yards, touchdowns, even field goals, all sorts of sports as well. Prizepicks.com slash purple. Go there. Use the code purple for the first deposit match up to $100. One of the reasons I like prize picks, it is very simple to use. You see how we do it on the show real quick and easy. And then we talk about our picks and also not expensive either you can turn ten dollars into 250 by nailing just a couple of picks so go to prizepicks.com slash purple the code purple daily fantasy sports made easy hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I mean, this is going to be a, a very interesting test because it'll be his first start at U.S. Bank Stadium. I think he may have appeared somewhere he along the play, line. Yeah, he's played but... like in relief of Jordan uh, of Aaron at one point. But yeah, this is his first start. And man, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but I will admit that is an insanely tough place to play. I was there the opening game, and I tell the story all the time. I mean, because you know the press box is open air. Like, you can't – it hurt – my head, my brain hurt on third downs. Like, it's so loud. And I'm just trying to write. Like, I can't imagine on the field, looking at the defense, you're in your helmet, the sound is just insane. Like, it is a tough, tough place to play. And I do not – envy Jordan's task on Sunday night at all. Yeah, I remember I asked Kirk Cousins once about playing in the Superdome because it's very similar mm. where same deal with the press box where you're Loud just as in, hell. in there. Right. It's, your it, ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And for all my uh, instant recap articles, I apologize for the typos. I just blame U.S. Bank Stadium if <laughs> yeah, I seriously. lose track of a sentence or something oh, like, hey, horrible, it impacts man. me, too. Uh, no, but uh, and he talked about the like mental exhaustion of having to like scream the entire game. And how much that wears you down and down and down. So that will be an interesting test. He is facing Brian Flores's defense at a different time. So this is like going into a totally different season almost where love is playing completely different. His receivers are playing different. His coach is coaching different. And also DJ Wanham is now out for the season. He's been a key player for the Vikings. Byron Murphy Jr. has been banged up. Harrison Phillips played last week, banged up, had the lowest PFF grade he's ever had. Um, and I, I'm sure that's due to injury. I think this is a little bit different than what we saw at Lambeau Field. Yeah, there's zero doubt. But still, Flores got after him good. And, and in the way of like the challenge at the line of scrimmage, right? Like we've seen Jordan take control of that since then. Like that game against the Chiefs is probably his best game in that regard so far throughout this season. But I think like, Man, the way he's gotten after quarterbacks this year, especially in that building where you know you can take advantage of they have to be on a silent count and things of that nature. I, yeah, I think I just think it's going to be a real stiff test. Like they they're banged up, there's no doubt, but man, it ain't like the Packers are a picture of health either. So I, I just think with with Jordan having to I just think it's a really good test, right? Like it's a coach who's got pretty decent command of his troops no matter who they are and I've just seen him be able to take advantage of some QBs, especially with a lot of the pressure stuff they run, and then showing pressure and dropping out of it, the cat and mouse game at the line of scrimmage. I think Flores has been excellent in that regard, and that's going to be a huge test for Jordan, no doubt. Yeah, that's correct, and I, I think it will tell you something about Jordan Love because where we've seen inexperienced quarterbacks who have never seen it before have struggled. Good quarterbacks, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, they did not have as much trouble with uh, dealing with this defense because they've seen it, they've identified it. Plus, you know, now Flores has been doing it for a full season. You've got so some tape to break it, down, yeah. yeah right, exactly. So how, how they deal with having seen it before and the wrinkles that, yeah, I like the cat and mouse game uh, of this battle for sure. I wanted to uh, ask you, oh, and I was going to mention, too, that the running game may be different because Aaron Jones is healthy, right? So Yeah, well, that's... That's, a, that's a big boon, right, in the way that you look at that Carolina game. Aaron Jones, his first game basically since week one of being available for the full game, right, not being on a snap count, et cetera. 
it makes a huge difference. It's the first game all season long that they cracked 30 as an offense. Like they put up 38 against the Bears, but that was aided by a pick six. I mean, it's no secret. When Aaron Jones is out there, it makes a world of difference. If for no other reason, it just helps you stay ahead of the sticks, you know, and especially against the Vikings. That's a world you don't want to live in. Third and long, got to drop back and let him kind of go to town with his pressure packages. You want to stay in second and short, third and short, because God knows they're going to come after you if you don't. And that's what I think Detroit did really well against the Vikings was running with Jameer Gibbs and, and staying ahead of the sticks. Yep. Um, okay, the defensive side here, Aaron. What what do we what do we want? To about <laughs> oh, good. Gary? Okay, it's I been mean, great. Bye. Thanks. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, I, well, I'm I'm having deja vu here because I watched the same exact thing play out with Ed Donatel. I am watching a Brian Flores defense that will finish the season unless they have catastrophic meltdowns as an above average defense with way, way less talent than they had just last year when Zadarius Smith was lighting it up, Patrick Peterson. And yet here we are scheme and usage of players and everything else. And just not playing the same defense every single play over and over. And now I'm following your Twitter going, Hey, that looks pretty familiar. And also <laughs> a head coach who is from the same sort of tree yep. who is too nice to fire the defensive coordinator. I, it, I mean, this is, is this going to cost you the playoffs or what? It's a, it's definitely a possibility. Um, but look, if they miss the playoffs, people will point to the Joe Barry thing, and I understand it. They have not been anything resembling a competent defense down the stretch here. But, look, the defense kept them in plenty of games earlier this season where the offense just couldn't generate anything. So, like, you can look at games that they should have won in September and October where Joe Barry was doing his job, you know? Like, it's gotten a lot worse, no question about it. But, man, that's why, like, for all the hand wringing about Lafleur, I understand he is going to take the season, and I have. I think there's a 99 percent chance Barry is gone this off season. Right? He wanted to keep Barry for continuity's sake. He didn't want to be a coach who continually was turning over people on staff, turning over systems on staff on certain sides of the ball. I understood that. I didn't like it, but I understood it. I had hope. I had really hoped that Barry would kind of adjust a little bit and maybe progress a little as a play call or a game designer, but that certainly hasn't happened. And look, at this point, it is so – it just feels like a complete rebuild is necessary on the defensive side of the ball as far as what's being run schematically, but also, like, what's being emphasized, who is being asked to do what. And, yeah, I've – stale the players seem uninspired and they tried in Carolina to change up whatever the approach was as far as not as much too high shell stuff they tried to send pressure they tried to play more man both of those metrics highest they were throughout the entirety of this season didn't matter the fourth quarter was embarrassing they kept getting burned they got Jair Alexander back and he's given up like really easy third down completions you got Stokes back from injury he's getting cooked on a regular basis yeah, it's not pretty. It's not pretty on the defensive side of the ball, and it doesn't appear that anybody has any answers. I, I also think that, you know, when you're talking about what Kevin O'Connell uh, is able to do with his scheming and game planning, uh, you saw it the first time that they played the Packers. We also saw it against Detroit, where if Nick Mullins doesn't throw four interceptions, the Vikings uh, would have put man. up a lot more points. Amazing. And, and the... Uh, 
And the thing is, the, the opportunities were there with the play designs for open receivers on most of his interceptions. He's a, it's he's just a real he's, one, man. He's a real one. You talk about a guy who yeah. can get in his bag like that. He's he's legit as hell. No question. And this is a kitchen sink game when it comes to throwing everything at Joe Barry's defense. And right. what what I see just from generally watching is. I don't see quarterbacks ever look confused at what they saw pre-snap nope. to post-snap. To me, that's where that's where the game is won these days. It's not like just can this guy cover that guy one-on-one. -on -one. It's entirely how much can you confuse the opposing quarterback. And opposing quarterbacks are not confused at all. And that's why Kirk Cousins had one of the, his best games ever against the Packers. Because if you don't confuse Kirk, he's just going to stand back there and throw it. So I think no matter who's playing quarterback for the Vikings, it gives them a chance this right. week against the defense that they should be able to identify and make the proper reads against this Packers defense. Yeah, it's been like, remember, who was it? One of your coaches whose name is escaping me right now. Like they used to tease that the offense was like West Coast 101, like day one install. And that's what it feels like facing the Packers defense right now. Like it's it's the first day of training camp. You're running the most basic stuff. I mean, when Tommy DeVito goes on national television and walks up and down the field, you've got a pretty good indication of how bad your defense is, right? Like there is, to your point, there's no confusion on the offensive side of the ball. You know exactly what you're getting at the snap of the ball. You can read it pre-snap. I mean, when when I'm calling this stuff out, like prior to the snap of the ball, you know they're able to sit there and go, "Oh, look, I, I know what they're running. It's a it's this is cover three or that's cover two or, you know." And every once in a while they send pressure, and they like I said, they sent a little more this past game, but they don't practice it well enough, like enough to really be good at it because that's not who they are. It's not their DNA. So you had literal pressures last week where you have a guy like you have Rashawn Gary trying to go outside of a guy where he's got Quay Walker going around him. So now you've just widened the pressure and given a free lane for the quarterback to just, oh, thanks a lot. This rookie quarterback who has looked terrible all year suddenly springs to life against the Green Bay Packers, and that has happened the last three weeks in a row. It's just mind-numbing at this point because, again, I don't know what they can hang their hat on. They don't do anything well. There's not a thing they do well other than maybe every once in a while they can get after the quarterback with four. And when that happens, they're pretty successful. The problem is, is they keep getting opposing offenses into a second 18 or third and 12 and then just give up easy completions. And they don't rally and tackle and they don't get them down before the sticks. And even if they do, then it's fourth and short and teams just go for it. Like it's it's mind numbing to watch how poor this defense plays on every level. So yeah, I I suspect whoever the quarterback is for the Vikings, they're going to have a decent day, no question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know what this sounds like to me, Aaron? Sounds like this could be a pretty wild-ass ball game. That's right. right? I'm fully expecting it. I think there's a reason the NFL was like, no, 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 no. Keep this one in prime time. (laughs) Like, it's going to be kind of nuts. Like, I have zero doubt. No doubt. I think we always knew exactly what to expect with Zimmer versus uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And it, it would play out in different ways, but it was always the same version of the same thing. It was like, does Aaron get Zim or does Zim get Aaron? And that determines how this game is going to go. Right. This one, I mean, it's been a, such a crazy ride trying to analyze. Like, of course, you know, people here want Kevin O'Connell fire and everything because that's how we do it. Do they but, really? Uh, <laughs> do they really? Is that true? Do you get that? Uh so I I do get that. I get that every week. I, Football I mean, fans are the, insane, man. They're insane. That's a really good young coach who is dealing with the fact that his quarterback got hurt. That's it. That's literally all and, that's happening in Minnesota right now. And also Justin Jefferson was missing for half the year, and they like, still found a way to win games and such. You know what I mean? But, like, uh, he's a good young coach. Wanting him fired in his second season is insanity to me. Insanity. And he's also still eight games over 500 as well. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that does that does happen. I think that there are, uh, just like every coach, there are reasonable critiques. And, yes, but of the course, hardest thing, The hardest thing, which you know very little about, uh, is how, how has he adjusted to the different quarterbacks and so right. forth? Although you went through it with, like, Brett Hundley. Like, I how mean, stupid did I everyone know a little look bit about Brett it. Hundley? But right? look at, but there's my point. This is exactly my point. This man won with Dobbs at quarterback having not, like, practiced. Like, I understand things have happened since then and things have been up and down and the injuries like you're talking about, but... Man, wanting him fired after a second season and everything that's been thrown at them, that's insanity to me. But, yeah, no, please fire him because I think he's a good young coach and that'll be better <laughs> for the Packers. Please, go ahead. I Yeah, I did uh, on the last postgame show. I, I try not to let the comment section get to me, but I did lose <laughs> it a little bit. I was like, just. Uh, oh, but, I know that game. Uh, <laughs> I know that game well. Y- yes. Yeah. Eventually, eventually you're just like, please stop. Like, you you know, uh, I don't know how you're supposed to win with Nick Mullins throwing four interceptions. Lord. And uh, I watched the tape back of that game. I, I, I don't they haven't announced it to us yet as we record this, but I, I just don't know how you can do that again. Uh, but it seems like, like this is the hardest game to predict maybe that you and I have ever talked about leading into it. Right. Yeah, it's going to be really difficult. And look, you can only glean so much from that first matchup, right? I mean, both teams are very, very different. I will say the one thing that gives me a bit of hope uh, looking at it is the number of drop passes the Packers had in that first matchup. I mean, the none bigger than the one by Dontavian Wicks down by the end zone that I think makes it a one-score game if they can punch it in there. I, I think They've had so much growth on the offensive side of the ball. I do expect a better showing from the Packers. But I, I'm telling you, man, and I don't know if i I've probably beaten this into the ground, but I think like that defense is going to get after the Packers in a way that they probably haven't had issues with over the course of this you know, last month or so. Um, I just think, especially, again, in that environment, tough, man. It's going to be really tough. And I think 
you know, you'll start it off by talking about the fact that Jordan has not put the ball in jeopardy, you know, at all, essentially over the course of like the last six games or so. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game where they get him once. You know, even Aaron Rodgers would go into that building and throw picks. You know, I, I, it's, it's never a surprise to me in Minnesota when a Packers quarterback plays poorly. It's just it is, the environment is so raucous. It is so electric. It's going to be on primetime, you know, New Year's Eve. whole country is watching. I, I think the Vikings are going to be amped for this, and I think that a big part of it, and we've talked about this a lot at GSA TV, when you go into those kind of environments on the road, national television, blah, 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 you know the vibe is going to be insane, right? The energy at the start of that game is going to be nuts. you got to survive that initial surge. Like that first 10, 15 minutes, if we can get through that and it's not like 17 nothing already, then you've got a chance, right? But, hey, you know, one fumbled snap, one mistake, and all of a sudden they've got the ball on your end and they score, and then now it's two scores, and it changes the whole complexity of the game, the whole kind of script of the game. So, a big, big part of it for me is how do they survive that kind of initial surge of energy? Because it's going to be real, and it's something that, to this extent, I don't think they've had to deal with yet. Well, and also playing in a, an actual city um, that throws everybody off in a in a stadium that was built past like World War II. It's, yeah. They just don't know what to do. It's You're like adorable. stepping You're in, adorable. stepping into That's the modern funny. era. The remake of Lambo what happened in two thousand three, sir. But the bowl is very much intact. Yes. What's all this technology? What are these video boards? All this lights? I hey, we got new video boards in Lambo. Just relax. Just relax. They even have a they even have a video of Jordan Love now. Like when the fans inevitably start doing the wave when the Packers are on offense, they have a video of Jordan Love that says the wave. Really, save it for when we're on defense. This, you know, we're just okay. excited in Green Bay. We're just we're just happy to be there. We're just having a good time. It's just a party, you know. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, but uh, when the players get off the bus and see the tall buildings, they might yeah, be. You might yeah, have to do like yeah. uh, like the Hoosiers thing where they get out of yards and say it's only. I 10 think you'll yards find the exact same measurements at our field back home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well played. Well played. Last last thing for you, Aaron. Uh, this division, if we go back and have the same conversation a year ago, we're being like, I have no idea what's going to happen in this division. I feel like this year has clarified the future everywhere except for in Minnesota, where you know who your quarterback is. Mm -hmm. Detroit knows what they're doing. They're in win-now mode. And I think Chicago knows what they're doing, which is moving on from Justin Fields and drafting Caleb Williams number one overall and yep. probably keeping Matt Eberflus the way their defense is played. And then all of a sudden, they're a little bit scary uh, going forward, what, what is your sort of right. uh, view of the way that things have played out in the NFC North this year? Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. I think it's going to be, you know, fascinating to how to see how a Detroit handles success. You know, and look, they haven't really won much yet. They've won the division. Kudos to them. First time since '93. Awesome. And we, I think, they were the Vegas favorites this offseason. I, mean, I don't think anyone's surprised by this. But you saw how the Packers got after them on Thanksgiving. You know, it's not like they're infallible and. A big part of, you know, the NFL knocking you down is how you deal with success. I mean, there's a reason there aren't teams that go, like, year after year as division champs. Like, we've seen it throughout this the league, right? Like, it's hard, man. Like, it's hard to sustain a winning team, culture, franchise, what have you. And Detroit certainly has no practice at it. There's no doubt about that. But I do think they've positioned themselves really well, obviously. I think they're super talented on both sides of the ball. I think they're really well coached. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how they handle success in that regard. Uh, totally agree with you on Chicago. 
Um, though I do think there's still a really small sliver of a chance they stick with Fields. I know that kind of everyone's talking about like he's already out the door. Hell, I saw an interview with him uh, on a local television station where they're like openly asking him questions about playing somewhere else next year. I'm like, like have we announced this already? <laughs> like, what's happening? Uh, but yeah, I think they are certainly a formidable defense at the moment. And if that means Iberflus stays around, then I think if you're a fan of any of the other teams, it's probably a good thing because I don't think he's a great head coach. I think he's a really good defensive mind, uh, and they are playing lights-out defense. Um, but I think it's very much to be determined as far as, okay, get him a great quarterback. Can he can he coach still? I don't know. I don't. I think that, that answer still needs to be kind of – that box still needs to be checked. And then, yeah, you come to Minnesota and – I've, I've said it. I think, you know, you've got a really good young head coach, a really good offensive mind, which is what you want in the NFL these days. It's all about the quarterback position, right? Like, what are they going to do there? I know there's been a lot of talk around Cousins and what they want to do with him and possibly moving on. I'm just I, – I would think it's a no-brainer they want to move on because, you know, I'm very old school. I always, I always expect a general manager to want his own guy. Right, the way Brian Kudikins went and got Jordan Love, the way Ted Thompson went and got Aaron Rodgers. I always want, or I always think a general manager is going to want his own guy at that position, which is why I'm thinking, yeah, Chicago probably does move on from Fields because, you know, they that new regime wants their own guy. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It To me, like, the, the great unknown is, you know, the quarterback position. They've found their defensive coordinator. They've got oodles of talent on offense. It's all about QB. So, I don't know. Have they won too many games to be in the quarterback market in the draft? You know, do they go to free agency? I don't know, man. It's going to be, that's to me, like that's the one area where I'm like, I have no idea which way they go. The crazy thing is that there will be some Vikings fans hoping that the Packers win this week because. Oh yeah. We've, we've got those in green Bay too. Yeah. The, the gap, but, but this is this is a serious thing. The mm. gap between making the playoffs and then getting your skulls crushed in in the first round by San Francisco or something right. uh, versus losing two games is like 10 draft slots, yes. possibly. So uh, the, this, this could be one of those franchise-shaping couple of uh, moments, or they could just bring back Kirk. I don't know. But I, <laughs> right. I tend to agree with you. Yeah. I think you, you get... People say you get two shots at quarterback. You usually get one. one you get usually, one shot. Right? Yeah. So are you, you know, are you going to go to go down swinging with a 36 year old dude coming off an Achilles who's won one playoff game in six years? Like, <laughs> or are you going to pick your own guy, which I think well, Kevin just, O'Connell res- would like to do. And it resets your clock, right? Like, okay, now yeah. we're, and it's kind of yeah. what's happened with Matt LaFleur, right? Like you had the year, the last year of Aaron Rodgers, and now you've got the first year of Jordan Love. That buys you time as a coach, as an organization. It's like, okay. We're starting to get answers about Jordan Love. You got to think next year. Yeah, the pressure's on. You got to go win. You got to be in the playoffs. You got to be at least making some kind of run into contention, right? But they've allowed themselves to make that transition through two years, you know, and the quarterback resets that clock. And I think if, again, if I'm GM in Minnesota, that's what I want. I want, okay, we've got everything we need is pretty much in place. Now let's reset the clock with a young quarterback, rookie deal, fill in around him and let's get to work. I mean, like I, that makes the most sense to me, but I have no idea how they're going to operate. 
Same here. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, and that's I think that's really going to determine kind of where the uh, NFC North ends up going is what they end up doing at that position. Um, I, w- I would recommend to Vikings fans Cheesehead TV. I think it's a lot of fun. I, I love what you do, Aaron. Uh, I enjoy following you on Twitter. I enjoy following uh, your work covering the Packers. I go to you to find out what's going on there <laughs> and uh, the vibe in Green Bay. So uh, even though I'm sure that most of my audience despises you, they should still. But they, there's a curiosity. I know these people. They're like, <laughs> what's going on over there? What's going on over there well, in Cheese Land? They, 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 should, know, they so. should despise me. That's how it's supposed to be. If, I, if they don't sus- despise me, I'm doing my gig wrong. So I appreciate it. I, fu- I, I take that as a form of respect. It's all good. There's a little bit of like you don't like your neighbor, but what what car are they driving? Like what do they got over there? They get <laughs> exactly. a they get a new SUV. Yep, right. that's that's what we got. So uh, well, anyway, you, you do great work, Cheesehead TV. Glad that we could get together again. And I'm I'm really looking forward to this one, man. Thanks for your time. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me.